This episode is presented by Comics and Gaming Magazine, found at cgmagazine.ca, and brought to you by noblenight.com, where out of print is available again. Buy, sell, and trade RPG books at noblenight.com. Throughout the ages, there have been heroes and warriors who have embarked on quests to save faraway lands and free the people from would-be conquerors with dice and not a lot of common sense in various role-playing games. Today, legends are told from the tales of our terrible warriors, an unlikely group of nerdy adventurers armed with some pretty stupid ideas and a horseshoe up their butts as they come together to save the day in These Warriors Are Terrible. Seriously, these are the guys we're going to go with? Welcome to These Warriors Are Terrible. I'm your host, Justin Eacock. We've just gone through four hours of Call of Cthulhu that ended in a depressing series of insanity and death as was foretold by Big Mike and his prophecies of old. (laughs) (laughs) I am joined today at the Terrible Warrior panel to debrief our descent into madness to my left. I'm Mike. I just put a gun to my head, Dodd. And to his left, my right... Uh, Brendan, I just drowned, apparently. Fry? To my right and you're up. <laughs> Bree, I'm totally still alive down there in those bones. Poison? And after a forward backflip and a double period, Julian, wishing he was Herbert West reanimator. <laughs> so, uh, I'll sit back for a little bit and let you guys talk about this game, because for everyone at this table, well, this was the first time we played Call of Cthulhu, but for a lot of us, not the first time we read Lovecraft. No. So... First of all, I want to give Justin Eacock a, a, a very round, big round of applause for... Oh, like, shucks. Gonna like, make you blush. I had a lot of fun playing Paranoia, but you really nailed this. You got it right. This is night and day, Justin, from Paranoia. Like, that's one game I, I've made no secret of I didn't really like as much. This is night and day. This is like a whole new game master. You did a fucking no, fantastic yeah, job. it was really good. Yeah, you were a fantastic you, you kept the, there. You kept the, the feel. The feel mm-hmm. going. I am. Um, I even I'm, through the orgy room jokes. Even through the orgy room jokes, you kept you kept us. That was just wish fulfillment. Somehow, Justin, you kept us on the right track, and that's not normally your forte. So you did a good job. You you, yeah. you, managed, you cut uh, through our bullshit. Read after the bomb, anyone? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I just sort of like and go, be merry, and blow everything up. I don't care about my plans. I found I found this game interesting because like I love Lovecraft and I love the whole mythos of it. But if I had put myself in the shoes of Errol Chamberlain, grizzled alcoholic PI, the minute something bad happened like that, I would have probably just driven to Canada. <laughs> you know? like, I, I feel you like, can take me home then. I, I just felt like the. You the, know, I never would have let you leave the city. Oh, I know. But the motivations for the characters, like, in the interest of keeping the story moving forward, because I was interested, I wanted to keep going and doing reckless things. But I felt like it wasn't in my character's best interests and uh, it was I was always at odds with myself but I think it made for a better story than if we just tried to fucking leave and wasted 30 minutes <laughs> trying to leave and then finding we couldn't well um, you would have been haunted I had wraiths and ghosts I had spirits <laughs> of the dead of the people who'd been murdered the night before who were gonna haunt you and plead for you <laughs> specifically beseech you don't let my death be in vain and they were just gonna spill the beans find this person they're just the further you got away the more 
intense it would have got. Yeah. Obvious my clues would have been would have been like, it was Lawrence Burke! He did it! Go to him! Um, <laughs> until eventually you would have seen like newspaper reports of conspiracies going like, everyone's convinced it was that broadcast. It was heard as far as New York and the craziness among the beatnik poetry community was heard around the world. And, those bastards. Yeah, so it was, uh, it was one of those... The further you would have gone, yeah. the more you would have been drawn back to where it started, to the point where you would have just had like darkness and flooding of rats just chasing you until you eventually <laughs> went in the right direction. I like that we wanted to go insane. That, oh that yeah, no, cool. my my basic motivation after we got past about a halfway point was just like, let's see how fast I can make this kind of already unhinged person. <laughs> There's a turning point where you guys insane. knew you weren't going to make it through the night. Oh yeah, no, there was definitely a turning point where that I, last I hour. realized. Yeah, the last hour was like where oh. it was kind of it was kind of when we got into the house and there were all of the people where I started realizing that it would be much funnier if my character suddenly had all common sense just disappear. Yeah. <laughs> because, I really wanted my character to live. Because everyone else was trying so hard to survive, I was like, "Alrighty then, let's play this this way, and see how fast I can go insane." Um, you're not, you're not really fast volunteering enough. with was, those sanity. I goals. was down. I was down to twenty. Oh, <laughs> if you hit zero, you become an NPC, and probably a high priestess of cult of Cthulhu. So <laughs> that would have been awesome. Yeah. Um. I was forgetting about your Cthulhu mythos points as they were increasing as you're saying. I would. Down. You, that's I why I should have been giving you more and point. more. Well, that visions. would have been more of like a long form campaign. Yeah, I should have been giving yeah. you more visions, especially in your dreams. Of if we had, if we had more, yeah, if we had more than an hour for each part, it probably would have would have been cool. Would have worked out to that. Yeah, I I really like this. Um, yeah, it was just so good. There were some shining moments too. I like just the. The scenarios and the way they were set up, like leaving the the apartment, like going to the apartment because we presumed that it would be some modicum of safety and place to regroup and then immediately being besieged by bats and rats. I think that was cool because it just made nothing feel safe. It was like, well, then where do we go? Harvard. Harvard. <laughs> Harvard wasn't safe. Harvard was safe. Nothing really happened at Harvard. Some of the people were murdered in the library. <laughs> If we'd stayed long enough, there would have been rats. You could have gone into I the guarantee. library and you would have seen the same scene I had set up at City Hall. Oh, so you made uh, it so it was the same kind of thing? Yeah, because that you was... You wouldn't let me bribe the PR. Harvard, <laughs> Harvard was a complete improvise because yeah. uh, I didn't know Harvard was going to be part of it until right. your character was introduced to the game today. So if you had gone... <laughs> Sorry, do you want to explain to everyone what you were going to do yeah. at City Hall? Yeah, yeah I was about, about to. So it, yeah. with City Hall, it was... I mean, there was... All the police cars were heading towards City Hall because the word had gotten out. <laughs> they weren't heading to the diner at all. Um, I kind of like that bait and switch at the beginning. Just well, to, I, I was thinking it the I, whole I time. I was like, who would have called the cops if no, they don't know exactly. anything's going the diner, on? Yeah. yeah, the waitress isn't even suspicious of you yet, but there's yeah. like sirens are coming. Well, sirens are coming. That's why I didn't even buy I just kind of you know, walked straight. You see a cop and sometimes you go like, what did I do wrong? You know, mm. you're a little paranoid. I didn't do anything. I'm just standing here at the corner. Uh, so they're running towards City Hall. They're heading downtown. And you, you could have followed them and seen what was up <laughs> before they closed on the streets. You know, people do that, rubbernecking. And... Um, at City Hall, you would have found all the counselors who had killed the mayor had committed suicide themselves and piled their bodies on top of each other. And as another killed, another one would have climbed to the top of that mountain and killed themselves. And mm-hmm. it would have just been very strange. And their bodies laid out in patterns. And- Grand Falloon. That's what I was trying to think of. Yeah. The, the creepy Old Testament mythical mm. monster made of bodies. Oh. Grand Falloon. Oh, yeah, there we go. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, when you guys didn't go to City Hall and you ran off to Harvard... And you want to go see the library. I'm like, well, I honestly don't want to talk about 
all this mythos with you in episode two. So, <laughs> oh, I'll just do the exact same thing I had set up at City Hall. Only instead of the mayor, it's the head librarian. Instead of the city councilors, it's his students who are all listening to the radio broadcast of their favorite pianist, Lawrence Burke. But you wouldn't let me bribe the uh, guy guarding the door. And the only reason city council was affected wasn't because they were listening to the radio, but because of the collective psychic energy of those who were listening to uh, the song. It recreated the assassination of Julius Caesar uh, deep okay. within City Hall. It was just the Senate. That vision you had of the stone stairs and the people in white, it was Julius Caesar's assassination uh, okay. all over again, which uh, isn't Julius Caesar's assassination, but another event that happened millions of years earlier. I get you. So, an event that played out over and over again. Um, one thing, one comment about this game, um, I really loved our character interactions for the first like two episodes because all we were doing was role playing. Yeah, I've I only yeah, we've ever nice. done a Terrible Warriors where all we did was role play. There there were like no rolls in the first two really, um, like dice rolls that is, and I really liked that. I I prefer I love the way the story went, but I think by the end of it we were just kind of rolling along and like doing things that we kind of felt like we were supposed to whereas the first two episodes we were really just like what the fuck do we do how do we solve this puzzle and once that was solved it just kind of we were on the greatest cut scene into death (laughs) (laughs) and it was it was really nice because when we were talking to each other it was all like guys guys i need to stop the car i need to stop the car like it wasn't just like okay so she's panicked yeah and which is what my regular dmg group was like and i want to smack them and i hate that i love i love the acting (laughs) component to it yeah, like, one of the things that I've really kind of got into with, like, Turbo Wars, especially last episode I was on with Justin, how much he got into Max uh, from that. Sam! I decided, you <laughs> Sam! know what? I decided, you know what? I can cut loose with this group a little bit more than what I have been. So just trying to get in the tin's head and just having all this horrible shit happen to him. I wanted to play him realistically as much as I could, but like Julian said, we had the in order to push the story forward mm-hmm. like that's why when my character went out to the car like fuck that I'm I'm not going back in there but then when you pulled the no man left behind thing uh, if- well I knew you were doing that I tried to give you as many hooks to get you back into the building little traps yeah. Lawrence Burke as oh man who needs rescuing pounding on the window it was kind of perfect that that just happened that he was separated from everyone else so yeah. there he was there for your rescuing and um, well, that... and the minute you stepped foot back into that building, I was going to lock you in it. Yeah. yeah. And then you'd have no choice but to follow the shape of these wraiths who are leading you back to the main group. And that's one of, one of the pitfalls with Call of Cthulhu is it's easy to get railroaded. With you, it never felt like we were trapped. I felt like we always had choice. And I don't know. Uh, uh, one of the things I really, really did, did like about this was the consistency of tone. Yeah. And theme, like Julian said, the first two hours that it was just pure role playing. We need to do more episodes like this. I really enjoy the fact that we're not trying to blow things up every <laughs> five minutes. Mind you, that's one of the things of my game. I create the epic scale Star yeah, Wars crashing Star the Wars in the yeah. rebel fighting. We're going through the atmosphere, landing on the planet. Yeah, with like, I'll just... drop you right in it. But See, everyone's got different styles. Yeah, yeah and it's it's so refreshing to play like this. Mm-hmm. Well, that's exactly how Star Wars starts, though, is the the scrolling letters, mm-hmm. and then the media goes right in the middle of a battle scene. Right? Like this felt like a horror movie that would have been made in the very late seventies. And what I mean by that is it's a slow burn. And I like that. Like, you're starting to figure it. You're starting to put components together. I mean, it feels like... Um, and all the special effects budgets are burned in the last 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, it, like uh, I'm trying to... I, I, I don't want to say what this reminds me of, because I'm afraid I'll get some horror geek jumping down my throat. 
but I like the way that you just it, it was it, it was a nice character piece. My bloody Valentine comes to mind. The original Canadian production. It feels like like people in a mine you character know, piece. It kind of reminds me of um, House of the Devil actually, where it's like just a babysitter story at the beginning, and then it turns into some cultist thing, mm-hmm. and then she has the devil born inside her because. You know, were you going to say something, Bree? Oh, yes. Your character could be impregnated by Narlatep oh, while good. you're inside the Bone Mountain. Oh, good. So she could survive. So we can turn this into a Japanese so- tentacle <laughs> film and make some money. Tentacle guys. Don't you love it? Um, no, well, it's called Cthulhu. Yeah. I was, uh, to get ready for this, I actually just read Tentacle Porn. Oh, fair um, <laughs> I actually downloaded, like, Cthulhu Tentacle Porn. It exists. Amazing. Oh, I'm, sure, oh, I'm sure it does. <laughs> so, um... What I was gonna say is I'm I'm like a really story driven role player. Justin is making tentacle fingers at me <laughs> across the table. Um, I'm a really story driven role player, so this was really good because most of the people I generally play with, um, like we were doing a D and D campaign, and I was trying to like I spent two weeks making backstory for that damn character it was ten pages that I gave to the DM, being like read this shit, and then other people just came in and was like I'm a I'm a, I'm a dwarf. If I like I, picking yeah. things. If right? I had so rolled a 45 percent is... on long-term temporary insanity effects, character has aberrant sexual desires, oh my exhibitionism, nymphomania, uh, teratophilia, necrophilia, and so on. I mean, would to... been, uh, that would have been a derailer. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it, it would have been random. I think teratophilia is um, being attracted to monstrous people. Yes, actually. Or that's weird. Character develops it's horrifying a, things. If I roll the fifty-five, character develops an attachment to a lucky charm, embraces an object, type of object, or person as a safety blanket, and cannot function without <laughs> the it. The worm thing. My gun. <laughs> My gun. <laughs> we ha- we all had that. It was all our gun. Well, and that's funny. Uh, one of the guys who's a very big inspiration for me is a guy named Noah Antweiler, uh, Spoonie, and he did a counter monkey on Cth- Call of Cthulhu, and he said if you get into combat in Call of Cthulhu. You're doing it wrong. Yeah. We really didn't have any real combats outside of the crawling one, really. And we fired. Whenever we fired, it was out of panic. Yeah. Literally. It was never a And a lot a of your shots went missed. wild. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or backfired um, and which stuff. Which is, well, that was, uh, he was affecting luck yeah. with his chant. So he was causing all of your luck stats to reverse themselves on you. Cool. And um, as long as he was still speaking, uh, things would not be in your favor, and then the vertigo took over. And cool. It was kind of neat. Um, but, I mean, I didn't want to get super, super supernatural, and I didn't want yeah. to have, like, well, a lot why, of like, weaponry I, I, in combat. I hate when Lovecraft stories, and this is, I guess, me being, like, a, a literature snob or something, but I hate when, like, fan fictions and fan things based on Lovecraft are all about, like, Delta the Green ones, type shit. And, like, you know, oh, it's always this story about someone encountering Cthulhu and shit. Like, if that, if you do that, you, you instantly are no longer no. If you haven't read it, read The Rats in the Walls. I love that. I, mm-hmm. I mean, book. The Rats in the Walls, without spoiling it too much, has no mention except for one word of any of the Cthulhu Mythos the characters. And even then, uh, Narlatep is mentioned once and only in rambling, and it, you, you pass over it if you don't recognize it. And it's very, in that way, loose in yeah. the Cthulhu mm. Mythos. But it's a house that's built on another site, that's built on another site. It's very much like Eternal Darkness in that it's sort of got like all this history underneath the foundations of the building mm-hmm. that goes all the way back to prehistory. And it's sort of, that's what almost like even Call of Cthulhu and Mountains yeah. of Madness and the rest, they're, they're the similar ones. It's all sort of, it starts in the present and the deeper the investigators go, the more they unravel 
history back to the thousands and thousands of years ago. What I liked about what you did. But they never see the monsters. Yeah. What I liked about this campaign is I worked on Eternal Darkness 2, right? And I was, uh, which will never see the light of day, unfortunately, thanks to the whole Kickstarter things. But uh, um, this felt very inspired by uh, the situations and scenarios of Eternal Darkness, even the hearkening back to the Roman era and stuff like that. And I like that. I appreciated that. Um, and the other thing I want to note is I was thinking about these warriors are terrible or terrible warriors or whatever. We refer to ourselves alternatingly nowadays. And I was thinking about most people play role-playing games and they play it as a game. You know, it's they're thinking about themselves and their place in the game. And sometimes they think about the team, but it's Winning, really about fun. getting experience Min-maxing, points, leveling up, growing your character. getting loot. What what this, these warriors are terrible is really is that we're we're all actors in a story and we, it's our job to work together. But we're also each the writers. Yeah, we're, mm-hmm. we're creating a collaborative story. And w- our job is to entertain you and you being the ephemeral pool of yeah. listeners, all, all the tens of millions of you that tune into our podcast every week. <laughs> um, and I mean, and I, I we're, we're, we're here to make you have fun. Yeah, and and like, I can't take credit for this story. I mean, I, I set up the history. I figured out stuff that happened in Boston, picked out some characters and, and made a scenario. But... You know, heading off to the apartment, heading off to Harvard, going through the front door, dealing with the situations the way they were dealt with, that was all you guys. I mean, you decided how the story was going to play out, and and I gave you a few paths. But um, for the most part, all I had to do was just remember the rules I had set in the history and where I wanted to end. But everything else from A to B was... But tying, it, How you got but tying it so tight with history made it easy for us to kind of jump mm-hmm. in there and kind of play with what we already knew and kind of work with that. Yeah. The fact that we did have some concept of Boston, some concept of the history of that time period, man, we could just kind of riff off each other much easier than if it was just some, we got transported over to some dark Yeah, like temple. I had a hard time yeah. in Pathfinder because some people playing in Pathfinder were using the Pathfinder mythology and I was using like loose Lord of the Rings D&D yeah. mythology where it's sort of we're in a generic fantasy setting and some people were dropping very name-specific but if gods. You, but if you t- uh, tie it so clearly to something we already know, we can riff off each other far easier and actually just kind of work with a much more loose story and kind of make it our own. Whereas if you did have something that's completely separate from anything, we're all kind of going what, looking to you for guidance and as such it might ruin the story a little bit. Yeah. No, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah, you you guys probably mostly don't know because I I learned all of this before I was actually going to be in the podcast. But Justin sent me like a huge long rambling message about I, was, I needed to brag the, to someone all of the things he had <laughs> planned. Right? Hey, you it can't was, spoil the story. Was, I just it, I didn't know Bree was going to play. It didn't spoil a goddamn thing because of how you guys went. Yeah, <laughs> I knew enough to be a mole. Like, I knew enough that I could have turned around if you had gone a specific way. I knew enough that I could have turned around and just stabbed you all in the back. <laughs> But because you went a completely different way, everything he told me was basically out the window. Besides, yeah. this is the time period. The minute we went to in. Harvard, I was yeah, like... the minute we went to Harvard, well, I was like, well, all right. <laughs> let's just stop here. We'll come back next week and do episode two, because I need ten minutes to start reading about what we're doing next. <laughs> See, that was, that was actually... When you make such an open-ended game, it's it's hard. Like, when I when I did Pokemon, um, I I love that. I, bu- I had to build every gym leader three different ways because I had no idea where people were going to go because I assumed that most most of the people were veteran Pokemon and fans. And I hate over-preparing anything, so I'm just like, okay, I'll just wing it. But I had to because <laughs> if someone was like, I'm taking a ferry to Cinnabar, I want to meet Blaine as the first gym leader. Like, I've, I've got to have something prepared because I had mm-hmm. a story and I'm like, fuck. And so it just, it just it was, it was interesting yeah. how like... Which is a little different because Pokemon is so much more established. Like, right. I could, I, I was able to create a campaign that was a little bit more 
Like if you'd done Pokemon that was set in a fictional region. As opposed to with, the real Kanto. As opposed Kanto. to the real Kanto. <laughs> you could have just done your own. Like, like uh, the Schillinger House in Berkeley didn't really come around until 1945 after the war. Yeah. The, the South Street Diner, the Blue Diner where we started in as a real place, didn't get built until 1947. Um, the characters in the archaeology, uh, Jim Peters wasn't there uh, after 1920. He was there in 1919. It was kind of like how HBO's Deadwood. Yeah. None of those characters were in Deadwood at the same time, but they all were in Deadwood at one time. I think there's some Boston nerds out there, some some locals or some like people Pax who attend nerds. Berkeley yeah. are really gonna fucking love this because yeah. you did a great job. I fudged it just enough and I went, you know what? This is I want to make this story this way and do a little alternate history. And uh, who knows? You know, maybe I was I was this close to making. There was a character in here called a um, uh, fuck. The screen's gone dead, but they were. A Chthonian, maybe? No, they were they were just these perfect replicas of humans who took take the form of whatever creatures on that planet, and that was the one who was gazing into the eyes and taking you in. Oh. Uh, I almost made Lawrence Burke that character and <laughs> had him like he's been taken over by like a body snatcher, and and it's just they they hypnotize you and send your psychic essence into another dimension. Oh, the where, great race of Yith, where you're just sucked on like vampires and your body wastes away in the real world. That's what was happening. Oh, that's what happened to all to the these others other people. that were there, right? And uh and it was only because not had nothing to do with Narlatep. This one dude, this perfect human replica was just there to watch the show. He'd heard about it. He wanted to watch <laughs> and he just while he was there enthralled everyone while Burke was in his hypnotic that's amazing. Trance. See, one of the things that I I I liked about this is that you weren't a hardcore Lovecraft nerd. Because that can turn people on or mm. off. Yeah. The the thing about the Cthulhu mythos, and I love this because it's such an open-ended thing. If you don't like it, change it. And that's Lo- how Lovecraft worked with his own stuff. He made all his stories open source and other artists he wanted to change and adapt and incorporate their own ideas into it. He loved it when other artists mentioned the Necronomicon in their works because it made it feel like Necronomicon was a real book yeah. somewhere. I mean, uh, there was uh, some of the art. Authors that that he worked with was uh, August Derleth, and he created. I think it was Hastur. I think Julian was yeah, that. Yeah, it? it was Hastur. And day. I was waiting for you to drop a King in Yellow reference because I thought maybe the music that was playing was part of the King no, in Yellow. Part of it was. I mean, I. It started off like I just had the scenario in my head, which I told everyone ages ago about you. You're all standing around a dead body, and you don't know how you got there. And go. You know, it kind of starts like Saw a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> a bit like Saw, a bit like Cube. Indigo Prophecy. Yeah, exactly. I was just going to Oh, my God, Indigo Cube. Prophecy. Yeah. Sort of that sort of shock to the system. Yeah. And everyone has to start with a sanity check, and some of you go insane. And that's a great way to just start off a campaign. Yeah. I decided to start a little bit earlier than that so we could introduce all your characters, mm-hmm. and then I let the music start, and then the campaign began. I like but that. the um, it was... You know, I was like, why are you going crazy? And then I started thinking, where are we? We're in a diner. What's at a diner? Okay, where is this? It's in Boston. What time is it? Well, what about Berkeley? And I started looking at it, and Berkeley's in the back bay and is built on top of this excavation of the fish weirs. And Lawrence Burke went to MIT for archaeology and helped build the Schillinger House. And I'm like, fuck, this is, like, perfect. I can mm-hmm. build this amazing conspiracy out of all these stories. One of the things I've been thinking about doing or proposing for, for Terrible Warriors, and you guys can tell me if this is a good idea or a bad idea, is doing some kind of forensic or crime scene investigating hmm. uh, role playing because what I love about loved about this was we're trying to we've got all this these 
we don't know anything. And we're trying to piece things together to make sense of what's going on. Now, obviously, it's very difficult to make sense of things in a Lovecraftian sense because nothing makes sense. It's not supposed to. Yeah. It's not yeah. supposed to. But, like, the idea of um, nothing crazy or out of the ordinary or maybe it's, you know, serial killing or something. But the idea of a team sitting together at this table trying to solve a murder yeah. and you or maybe solve a mystery. have, like, two or three suspects that you narrow it down to. And, and it could be. Or even, like, turning it and pick the wrong guy. Right. Yeah. Something like that. Like, I don't know. It seems you like. You end like up it's, putting it's, an innocent man behind bars. <laughs> and then next week. The killer strikes again. Oh, no. He's already been put to the electric chair. You idiots. Yeah, it's, it, it feels mundane, but it could be interesting. Like, I love that idea. Then it's all role playing and it's mm-hmm. all using your, you know what? It's not your fucking intelligence stat. Yeah. It's you. Mm-hmm. That's why I hate, I hate when people play and they're like, I'm going to uh, sweet talk the guard. I rolled a 20 and my charisma stat's eight. So, uh, yeah, I sweet talk the guard. <laughs> Which I almost did in Matrix and... Steve was like, okay, no. What are you Play saying to these yeah, guys? What are you actually going to You say? will succeed if you can convince me. This is not going to be impossible anymore. Yep. But uh, so I had to be like, really play out the desperation of, of Alistair as he's like <laughs> talking down. Guys, I was just like, I was just here. I, I'm sorry I let these guys in. And then I had like, I, it's just late at night and I didn't fill out the proper paperwork. And please don't report me to my supervisor because I'm like one more write up away from being fired. And, and, and he started like crying. In front of these SWAT guys, they're like, fuck, you're so pathetic, fine. <laughs> and Steve let it go, and he's like, they lower their guns. See, that's when when you can make magic with role-playing, when you can get into it that yeah. much. Yeah. And that's the role-playing experience that I crave. It's that where you really get into the role, you really engage your GM and your fellow players. Like, we've had a few moments on this show where it's been genuine role-playing for, like, 10 minutes and you can feel tension in the room or laughter and it's not us making orgy room jokes <laughs> but it's genuine laughter in well, the I character's wasn't world yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's what it was yeah but, I, I don't I, I thought it was true but uh, Brennan's the kind of guy <laughs> but yeah it's just we did something special with this and I really really think that this particular episode I think sets a new bar for role-playing stuff now, which is great because, like I said, this is what I've been wanting the show to evolve in for so long. And one of the challenges of Call of Cthulhu, because we have such an eclectic group of people who play terrible warriors, if you joke at the right time, it kills it. Well, we were mentioning, too, between episodes, our joking wasn't taking light of it. It was like we were joking to survive as players because if we didn't joke, we were just going to start crying because... It was so tense think, and so nervous. I think we've actually built a really good, like, drift-compatible team mm. here. There are kaijus that need special. Next time on Terrible Warriors. If someone builds a Pacific, a Pacific Rim, Rim game, good oh, yeah. lord, I will bring you all, like, patches, because we made those at my job. Oh, <laughs> amazing. But I, I do want to say one thing, Justin. The, what Mike was saying earlier, <clears throat> the fact that this is such a such a venue that allows role-playing, and it makes for great radio, great podcast when people do just get into their characters, work with them, because you listen to an episode and you just kind of get drawn into the world. If you kind of make it to, I roll a d10, oh, I'm above this, it takes you, it takes the listener out of the world that well, they kind of created. we're not playing a board game. Exactly. I mean, at the end of the day, this isn't Monopoly. And exactly. And the dice rolls are there to help give... A, I want it to a, be a, the thimble. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> dice rolls are there in no, a role-playing game flask. to help add the sense of <laughs> drama and randomness, yeah. so that in a chance where you can succeed or fail... I go to the dice, and then I have to. If you fail on a dice roll, you don't fail as a player. Yeah, it's a. It's not a liability. It's a chance for you to play out your character even more. Like fuck, I, I this didn't work. Now yeah. I've got to 
play it out. When the next campaign we're going to have on Terrible Warriors is our D&D Live special from Bad Dog Theater, the character I will play that I have played, we've already recorded mm. it, is horrible. Mm-hmm. I failed every single role <laughs> for four hours. Uh, spoiler alert. And <laughs> where it started as a character one way, I had to completely rewrite what this character was and why he was even a part of such a competent team. Exactly. Um, if you're using the dice to cheat in a role-playing game so you don't have to play out your character, you've missed the whole point. Yeah. The dice are there to force you to role-play more. Mm-hmm. So that you, you don't just, just... You should just be playing WoW Because you know, you will, yeah. Exactly. Or like if you played make-believe when you were five and it's like, bang, bang, I shoot you dead. You have to be dead. I shot you. No. I, you don't have to be dead when you do this game now no. because I have to roll the dice and see how it Maybe the shot goes wild. And even then, you played, even then when you did fail, you did play with that to kind of make sure we could still go the direction you wanted. You didn't want us all to die in the chapter two because then it would be boring for everyone else. Exactly. You, you kind of worked what we did and kind of. And it's hilarious when you fail sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, in three, the three, <laughs> it's amazing when she you failed. Buried yourself alive in a clay tunnel dug out by rats. Yeah. Because the, you ultimately, were... I did bury myself alive, but in bones. Because <laughs> that's better. Slightly, I guess, maybe. Well, you know, at least like when in you, the Lion King where they had like the when, when you cage die and cages, decompose, that's what I'm imagining. I like to think that that whole pile was built out of people diving into piles <laughs> until it was ended up being that tall and over 20,000 years. More people just find that cavern and just go, yay! So now it's all washed it. away. It's all gone now. I've, I've watched so many Narlatip people. Narlatip got bored and buried it and he's going to go make a new he's one. He's going to go do something else. I've watched so many people do D&D, um, like good, competent podcasters and YouTubers and stuff that are streaming D&D and the whole thing just evolves into like dice rolls into like did I overhear that I don't know roll your dice like <laughs> I'm like I don't care just DM fucking make a decision and yeah. be like sure you're you know 10 feet away and you're fairly competent yeah, I mean, you I, overheard I let, that why not I'm, I'm pretty loose almost There's, non-existent with these rules I kind of hate D&D too I was mm. thinking about this a lot and and like I used to play it all the time um but I hate how much table looking up there is. Oh, okay, I've got Cone of Frost. Okay, what's the range on that? What's the, the yeah. angle of yeah. the cone? I use the tables in this just because it would have been unfair for me to just arbitrarily throw it in sanity conditions at you guys. So to be a little bit more objective, I had a table with, you know, if I rolled between a 61 and a 64, you would have gone <coughs> homicidal and attempt to kill the person nearest to you. Which is kind of awesome. Which would have been amazing. Really if sad. that had happened in the bathroom at the very oh beginning, that would have been awesome. <laughs> you all got your steak knives out and you just and go, we, ah! And you stab the guy next to you. And we were like, and that was Terrible Warriors. Thanks for I had, I had two characters written up. One was the investigator who was looking into this. He was the only investigator on the case looking into this hobo death. And he was one step behind following your trail. You were a prime he suspect. He had a name, Justin. He had Henry. a name. And, and if Henry... so. If either of you had gone insane, and if either of you had gone insane or died early, I would have been like, here you are. You're now the investigator following your own murder investigation, and uh, and you would have been brought into the fold. And I had the other guy would have been um, uh, Joseph Schillinger, the Mm. old poet returning to find out what had happened to his own music. (laughs) And... uh, and you would have played those. Those were the backup characters. Yeah. Kudos to you, Justin. You did a good fucking job, good man. job. Yeah, thank you. Yay. New standard, man. New oh, standard. Wow. Well, uh, I think this will be, except for D&D Live, which 
is already recorded. This is my last game that I'm recording for the year. Yeah, me too. I, 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 unless unless we we do the one that Mike and I were just talking about earlier. Yeah, we're hoping gonna, it's gonna yeah. go into hibernation now. Yeah, I, it's it's uh, but that's exciting. I mean, we've got so many good games to round up the year with great exactly. players. And next year is going to be fucking We have epic. so many plans. We've been talking off air. Well, we'll announce all that properly at the right time. But we've got a lot of great plans for what we're sort of building us. And if you like two, us, year if, three. If, 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 you, if you get your jollies from listening to These Warriors Are Terrible, please write us and let us know because we love encouragement. And we're going to make strides to put together social stuff so you guys can communicate and create a fan base and stuff. But like, we love hearing from you. Well, but, I get a lot of messages on Twitter from people. Who I've started getting messages on Twitter, too. And it's, it's just neat to have that back and forth. People telling mm-hmm. me I've got to stop drinking Red Bull. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, uh, people who love. Pokemon the, fan art. Hashtag the real prof oak. Yeah, it's my favorite. Started being shared around. I'm like amazing. Um, yeah, send us your if you if you like us a lot, send us your fan stuff and just say hi because we we say hi back. Yeah, and uh, if you want to see us, absolutely, at and share us your us Cthulhu know. stories. If you've ever played Call of Cthulhu and have had a successful end. <laughs> I don't you're believe doing you, it wrong. you're doing it wrong, and I want to hear how that works so I can correct you. <laughs> we killed Cthulhu, and, uh... We won the end. <laughs> so then we chopped off his tentacles, and I used my Cloud's Buster sword. <laughs> Omni-slash! <laughs> Knights so, of the round, bitch. <laughs> then, uh, I mean, we had some other people for the Expendables, too. Uh, uh, just going around, um, I'm hoping all of you return next year for more games. What are you... I know you want to play Pokemon, Bree. I want to play Pokemon. It's uh, coming really back, really baby. Oh, man. I, it's going to be great. And you guys have no idea how badly. <laughs> oh, I, I can't wait to GM that again because like, that I was, that was fucking, that was so good. I can, can't wait. Can I want we, to bring Professor we, Oak into the field. I, can we just do like story-based Pokemon? Like, Can we just like lock I, it I, off here and be drift compatible? And call yes. <laughs> like, well, we can do it offline too because so basically the, the story that I GM'd uh, for Pokemon, we only got through one-fifth of what I prepared. There is four-fifths of a whole fucking crazy revolution war going. I mean, let's do it next week. (laughs) Uh, Brock has formed a resistance fighting group against Team Rocket that has overthrown the government. Yeah, Rocket. It's so cool. And 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 they've abolished trainer law, so now Pokemon are fighting to the death. And Pokemon trainers are in mortal peril when they're involved in battles. I made it really dark. <laughs> Guys, I've totally had this conversation about like what would happen if Pokemon it, turned into cockfighting. Yeah. I had like a four hour long conversation. What happens if Team Rocket time. wins? Poor yeah. Weedle dies. Because kind of like that's what happens. See, Poor I Weedle always, dies. I was always pissed off that there <gasps> was peace, no, that there was no Team Rocket option. Like yeah. you could be like, do you want to be a boy or a girl? I'm like, I want to be fucking Team Rocket I want to be at like eight years right? old, right? Yeah. So I want to be Jesse and James. Too. It's like you have a point, like at the halfway point of the game, where you can just go to the dark side. Yeah, just like, be like you know, you go, you go to that the place you had to surf around to, and it was the electrical plant. It was full of Team Rocket people, and they were That's just where like, we you should come That's to where us. That's where we got interrogated. I was. Uh, we were interrogating. Um, them with a flareon with like oh doing like like just burn interrogation <laughs> it was like yeah it was uh, it was uh i love you meanwhile guys. in pallet town <laughs> this <laughs> is a tasty burger <laughs> but yeah and now back to the action back to call of cthulhu fucking awesome i would love to revisit this um i feel a little i think i need a whiskey and like some food I i'm feeling really yeah, no sad can we yeah, all I need have a wake now yes <laughs> have a wake for our all our characters know. Um, like, tell some jokes or something. Like, knock, knock, who's there? Cthulhu Island! Ah, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> but I also have to say just... Lin-Maguan-Agan-Agla. 
I have to say, I couldn't have seen it ending a different way. Like, the way it kind of all progressed, this kind of... I think we all knew how it was going to end. As soon as we went down the tunnel, we're like, we're not getting out of this. I know we're not getting out of this. We might as well just go deeper. Yeah, exactly. It was just kind of pushing forward. And I I liked the fact that you had scenarios where if we did go do something else, you had plans for that too. But I knew as soon as we entered the... Any, I, anything Cthulhu. I knew exactly how our four was going to play. Yeah. yeah. It was. Well, I, you could hear the reluctance in our voice. For I mean, me, you hear it. It's yeah. The story, like... my open end story was episodes one through three. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Ending with once you had solved the, the conspiracy with Jim yeah. Peters. Um, or not. Or kill him. <laughs> kill him. Or whatever. <laughs> the, uh, the, final, um, the final chapter, everything in the cave was just the epilogue. Yeah. And that's the same way in the rats in the walls. The minute they go through that final door into that lower cavern. Yeah. You know he's not yeah. getting out. No, he's he's running into the darkness and he's eating people. Yeah. And that's it. And then the next thing you see, he's in an insane asylum. And and I really love that about Like Lovecraft. maybe Scarlet actually washes up on shore in Boston Harbor, fished out of the drink, and she's in an asylum to this day, yeah. and no one believes her. And uh, she used to be, she was an up-and-coming circus star, and it just broke her. <laughs> but uh, that's one of the things that I love about Lovecraft is I feel like in half of his stories, especially the smaller ones, he touches on some tiny, tiny, tiny part of the mythos. And you never figure out why. Yeah, they, he leaves it a mystery because he's totally content to leave it a mystery. Well, you don't have he to know all it. <laughs> you don't have to know. Well, no, it's about because, as much it's, as I because did. it's because he got paid by the word. Yeah. <laughs> so if he left it open, he could write more. Yep, exactly. <laughs> but no, he left it open, and that's one of the reasons why everyone is still enthralled with it. And here's what fascinates us about Call of Cthulhu: like we're as human beings, we're fascinated with the darkness and with the things we don't understand because we know we'll never be able to. We well, you know how many goddamn cracked articles there are about that shit. Yeah, <laughs> and and just the the idea that like. Everything is scary and the world kind of sucks is what and, and if we could blame that on on something on a creature out there And that's why that's why we turn to things like HP Lovecraft because it's it feels so real Like honestly if I were to I, I don't believe in I don't ascribe to any religion or spiritual beliefs But if I if I were to pick one arbitrarily probably be the works of HP Lovecraft because it's just about <laughs> It's just about as believable as you get like mm. that explains why people are crazy yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just the dreaming ones. Yeah. Do, do you guys want to go to like Young Dundas Square one day and hand out pamphlets about Cthulhu? <laughs> yes. <laughs> just, because I really want to. Have you have you found Cthulhu yeah, Have you yet. found the Yellow King yet? Yeah. E- either either that or I want to go to Young Dundas Square in a red robe and scream about how the night what is dark say? and full of terrors. I came up with a I came up with a little phrase when we were talking on Facebook, Brio. I was like, "Sleep softly. The dreaming ones yeah. are listening." Whenever yeah. whenever I signed off for like a week. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. <laughs> uh, so uh, you want to, uh, uh, Julian? What are you looking forward to uh, going forward into the next year? Oh man, um, a lot of things. Jeez, I, at some point, I don't know when, but we want to touch on on Doctor Who, which is exciting. I'm a big Whovian, so that's kind of cool. Uh, I really want to do Pokemon again, but that's just self serving. I just had so much fun. Um, New things. I want to. I want us to push bounds. I want us to be like, mm. let's let's pull something really old or really obscure or make something up. Yeah. Like let's go hog wild because we've got fans now. We can subject you to what we want in a Cthulhu vein. Given off the horror we've just played, there's a game called Dread. Where oh my god, you, I love that game. You, where you got Jenga towers mm-hmm. that. Instead, you don't have stats or dice. You're pulling from a tower. Oh, we call yeah. that Tower of Terror. Tower of Terror, and, yeah. and as you pull from the tower, every time you do an action or have to make a stat check or something happens to you, you pull from the tower, and then you die when the tower falls over. You go insane. And at any time, you can just push the tower over and go, this action succeeds, and then I die. Yeah. <laughs> you just throw yourself. I'd also kind of like to see us um, 
do more things with the community and our fans and do more like, you know, at cons, do a live event, do something that keeps us. Like, we were talking about doing that for Con Bravo, but it just didn't. There's just it's so many moving parts and variables. Well, and it's that's hard to part organize. of you know the um, the truth is we'll probably be taking a break in yeah. January and returning in March. Just enough time for us to be able to get everything in an order, plan out properly the campaigns we want to do, the extra things we want to do, the, the the events we want to attend, so that when we hit 2014. We can we can really hit the ground running, mm-hmm. and, and like it's gonna be a break more for us than you because we have so many episodes that we're gonna be <laughs> drilling through here. Uh, it's a, I mean I won't lie, it's a little uh, I'm a little burnt out because I have spent um, it's four hours to listen, five hours to listen, but it's so many more to put together, yeah. and we record it all in one day. And again, the so, unsung efforts of, the, of Justin yeah, and I, whoever I, goes through and edits and 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 like mm-hmm. and cleans up, yeah. um, you know, alternating between. You, Mike, and Justin and Steve, when you guys have and done this. This is a long day for me. I, I start work at 6 in the morning on Sundays, and we meet as soon as I'm done work, and we record <laughs> in these studios until, like, 9 at night. I, I've been here for, like, 15 hours. <laughs> you want to go to He's bed. existing on pizza and Red Bull, so make sure you yell at him <laughs> on Twitter for and that. And by bed, he means we're going to go drink and have dinner. <laughs> oh, um, boy. Next or day, then, party. We're, then we're going to go to a bathroom and we're going to switch coats. I like this. <laughs> and then we're going to go to Harvard and sleep on an orgy couch. <laughs> and I'm going to rob the milkman. Um, <laughs> next year for for systems, I really hope I get a chance to pull off the Doctor Who Christmas special. So hopefully that'll air before the end of the year. We're we're still planning that out. Um, I'm working on two custom games right now to build my own system. Neon Genesis Evangelion. I'm trying oh, to figure shit. that out. If you do that, I will wear I my be in. costume for that. it. Oh, I love Ava more than Oscar you will know. Oscar Ray. Or I, I have Ray. I have Ray. I like Ray. Um, I'm also working on one. It's unsung. latex. <laughs> That's some hot shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm also working on one for Tron. Mm. That oh, my would, God. That would bridge Tron to Tron Uprising. Ah. Oh, 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 I'm into that. I'm into that. And, <laughs> kind of, and there was another one that I'll I wanted be, I'll to work on. I'll be the sprite. <laughs> <laughs> you mean fit. Um, I also had one for Ninja Turtles, too, but we've already done After the Bomb, so I feel like I should move on to a different system. But, uh, well, we'll return to After the Bomb. I want to do Roadhogs. There's a lot of spinoffs we want to do. I know Steve would love to return to the Matrix. I know we want to return to Pokemon. I do we want to talk about that? Do you want to talk about the alternates? We haven't really decided exactly what the system will be. Certainly the Goal next year is to hit on as many new systems, which means probably having an alternate stream for spinoffs and special events. Or um, sequels. Or sequels. Yeah. Uh, so um, we, it's interesting. We'll figure out exactly what the format will be, but stay tuned. Exciting things to come on the Terrible Warriors. Yay! And if you don't, I'll come to your house and beat the crap out of you. I say that with love. And Brendan. We're, yes. We're going to pistol with yes. you. Yes! Pistol whip. Pistol whip the game. Pistol whip Cthulhu. Can we cause call this campaign pistol whipping the older ones? Someone has to draw that as fan art. If you don't title it that, I'm going to be very upset with you. I want fan art of my character pistol whipping everyone. (laughs) But yes, Justin, 
Oh, yeah. So what are you looking forward to? Well, I, mean, I mean, you've done a couple games with us Yeah, now. I, I, if, if you do Evangelion, I'm in there for that. Oh, yeah. Um, but if, Can I be Gendo? Oh, yes. You need to be Eva though. has to be story-driven. Yeah. You can't do Eva oh, yeah. not no, story-driven. No, no I'll, be the, I'll be Gendo, and I'll sit on the other side of the glass, and I'll like <laughs> come over the speaker. We, we actually like, do have a window here. We can are do you this. a boy or a girl? <laughs> <laughs> you disappoint me, son. Beyond that, if, if you do story- And or daughter. If you do story stuff like what Julian was talking about, like an investigation thing, I would be down for that. Just things that push your kind of concept of role-playing and just being you- using the skills you have and trying to figure out the world. That actually might be a good excuse. Like, we were talking about, like, how could it be interesting if we ever did things with, like, video of us yeah, doing it? exactly. But if we had, like, pieces of, of paper on the wall and we're, like, scrawling our thoughts yeah. and, like, ideas and it's filming that as we're, like, going through our brain process, could be yeah, neat. having to keep notes of well, I mean, the names. I just, I like, I love the concept when you guys do, like, fully role play and it even brings me in then I'm not, I'm not an RPG or like you guys are, but... Even that brings me into the worlds, and yeah. I do kind of love that concept of using the skills you have and the knowledge base you have yeah. and putting it into the world. The point is there's going to be a lot of cool shit. Oh, we're there, really, there, there we're really excited. Amazing there's, stuff. Like, we have enough material to like do this podcast for like six years. Ever. I know. For the rest of our lives. <laughs> First time, Brie. I know. You're, you're, Pop you're, my cherry. Yeah. So what do you think? I like it. Anytime. You like hanging out with us. <laughs> I love you guys. That's why I'm going to go drink with you guys after this so oh, that we can cry away the yes. Elder Taurus. Um, but Yay. anytime you guys want a character that someone has spent entirely too much time making a backstory, Scarlet has an entire backstory. We love care. We love people who so, give a shit. You anytime, should post our backstory. I told, oh, yeah, well, I told you. Like I, I wrote. I seriously wrote a 10-page essay to my last DM. That's amazing. What I think we have, we have, we have four investigators <laughs> and we have four episodes. Mm -hmm. So we have four backstories to throw into the supplemental, the supplemental synopsis nice. of each episode. <laughs> so yeah, no. Anytime you guys want to do anything story based, let me know because that's oh, what shit, I'm I have into. An I, I have an idea. Um, I kind of we were talking about this for next year. Maybe a Terminator. Oh yeah, interesting. Oh, yes, oh. I've been thinking about that for a while. You that was loud. <laughs> you should have heard what I cut uh, out of my definitely. Terminator game with Mark Mir. I had an HK fight on the Gardner <laughs> Expressway. Amazing. I had a T-1000 battle built in there. Terminator Future... Sh it's, it's, it's a wonderful yeah. homebrew system built on D20. But, yeah, Terminator, I think it's called Future Shock. Well, Check that shit out. Too. I mean, like, we're trying to also hit on different rule sets. We've used two used? homebrew rule sets yeah. this so far. We've used a, the the Matrix stuff was open D6, but it was some like random dude who yeah. by himself for no Which reason. Which was amazing. At the same time it was also it was open D6 and I, as much as I enjoy these, I, I also really enjoy like Call of Cthulhu was a whole new rule set. Percentile system. Before, percentiles. Pokemon was too confusing. I'm going to actually going to modify the rules yeah. for if, for the sequel because Do a Pokemon simple. Yeah, it was just, it was way too, it was way too onerous. I mean, my friends made a homebrew. Big eyes, small mouth would work for it. I, really I had simple. friends make yeah. a homebrew D20 Fallout campaign. There was a Fallout Rifts and a Fallout oh D20, God. and they sort of merged the two rule sets together, and they set it in uh, Ontario, which is occupied territory in the Fallout world, half by China and half by the U.S., and it's called the Northern Occupied Territories. And there's like, what is in Toronto, the Prince's Gate, is known just as Queensgate, and Toronto downtown is a wasteland ruin where you go and treasure hunt and then trade down the Queen's Way, which <laughs> is the QEW, down towards all the settlements along the lake. Ontario, Lake Ontario being one of the few lakes that isn't, it's, it's big enough that it's irradiated but still somewhat fresh. Mm -hmm. So a lot of settlements built up around it, but it also dried up a lot. So Hamilton Bay is 
completely dry and the DeFasco War Manufacturing Center is all set up. Like the, the cool. steel town turned into like war town leading up to the destruction of the world. I was like, oh, this is amazing. So, I want to set a fallout campaign so gonna, in southern Ontario. I'm going to ask you exactly the same question I did when I asked if I could get onto this. Who do I have to blow to like get into that oh, game? I'm right over here. <laughs> I'm right over here. I'm right here, right guys. Here. This, this only makes him coming to my burlesque show last night a little creepy. <laughs> <laughs> well, good night, everybody. Um, well, hey, um, so, I mean, Fallout, a lot of homebrew stuff. I'm looking forward to a lot of the original things. There is a role-playing game that a friend of mine told me about where we all play as house cats, just regular, normal oh house God. cats. Can I play as my cat from home? It's, it's Hamtaro, but you all not. You work around that? Or the teen angst monster role-playing game yeah, with a whole good. dice set on romance? Yeah, I want to get outside of our comfort zones because we do a lot of, like... Even though we don't do a lot of sword and sorcery, thank fuck, um, we still do a lot of, like, big, boom, crazy. Yeah, like the How 18. many times have I tortured someone? <laughs> what is wrong with me? <laughs> you know what we should do, Julian? It's a game called Break the Ice, and it's a two-player game where we go through three dates. <laughs> we get to play any character we and want we'll, we'll that just, goes on the we'll first three dates. We'll it for people. <laughs> and then what we could do is we do four episodes with four different pairs of <laughs> terrible warriors and maybe we the, the GM is just the maitre d' at the no, same restaurant. No, you turn into one of those, those fucking game shows from the 70s. Oh, like yes. the dating oh, game? Oh, the dating and all that shit. Yeah, exactly. Somebody homebrew so we'll the dating game. We'll take Break the Ice and we'll homebrew it into a game show and we'll do that on Terrible Warriors. Presented by Merv Griffin. Who's <laughs> <laughs> actually a Griffin. <laughs> but, I mean, I felt this game brought us out of our comfort zone. It made us do things we hadn't done before. Yeah. And, um, and that's what we have to do next year. Keep challenging yeah, ourselves. Exactly. I don't want to fall into a comfortable genre that we always stick yeah, into. Yeah, like Julian just said, we've avoided sword and sorcery on this show. We've done Pathfinder, Pendragon. And Dungeons and & Dragons and, next. And Dungeons and & Dragons coming up next. Uh, and next, on that, Dungeons & Dragons that's coming up next is a little bit different. We will be having in studio um, Molly and Ted and Sean from Bad Dog Theater here in Toronto. They, in the month of November, are doing Dungeons & Dragons Live, D&D Live at the Comedy Bar, every Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. And I'm saying that because I really want, if you're listening and you're in the Toronto area, to go see the show. Because yeah. if you're a fan of this podcast, you're a fan of this show. It's an improvised comedy show using loosely based Dungeons & Dragons rules. So the host, think of it like whose line is it anyway? Except the host is the dungeon master, and the four contestants and performers are adventurers who dress up and pick on a character role, and then they have quests and locations that are chosen by the audience, and audience members get to roll a giant d20 if ever things that are life, of de life or death come up on stage. It's hysterical. And, the and whole we thing, tie in. And the whole thing <laughs> is set into Tirana. the mystical realm of Tirana. And Trauna. they travel to like the tomb of Eton and to sneaky <laughs> deeds, the thieves' guild deep within the deserts of apathy, the crispy pits, the uh, scarred lands, and the oh, evil drof boar that rules over them all with the orb of terror. And uh, I think there is uh, something about a crack of doom and trying to stop drof boar from reaching the crack <laughs> and That's using amazing. the crack. So there's a lot of fun references, especially for from Toronto. It's very referential. Or if you read and, Gawker. Or you read a lot of Gawker. Basically, it's, if you're on the entire internet right now, you'll understand It's a really jokes. goofy, madcap version of Dungeons and & Dragons. And if you thought that Call of Cthulhu was a little too depressing, come back for the next episode because the D&D &D Live edition of Terrible Warriors was hysterical. Steve and I 
hosted with these three comedians, and they're the top of their game, and we spent most of our time just laughing and sitting back and letting the three of them just go crazy. On the next exciting episode oh of Terrible Warriors. I'm really, really proud of what we recorded, and it's, it's all going to be coming out, and it's going to run simultaneously with D&D Live. And if you are listening months and months later afterwards, because it's a podcast that can happen, Bad Dog Theater is still around, and we'll be promoting the heck out of that in the next ones. But I'm like... Seriously, so, uh, so it's so fucking funny. But it runs in parallel to the campaign they're going to be doing at Comedy Bar. So if you listen to both the podcast and the live show, you're going to get a bigger picture. That's um, pretty badass. It's, kind of, it's going to be very, very cool. Thank you again for listening our, to our sappy debrief. Uh, but uh, <laughs> we, like, you know, it, always, it always ends with like a big group hug. Of like, I love you guys. Don't, don't know where. Don't, don't know where. Some Are you just as lost as I am? Because I'm totally fucking out there. To Haven't you seen Doctor Strange? Like you. Oh, yeah. I, I forgot the lyrics like three lines in. Till the blue skies drive the dark clouds far away. This episode of These Wars Are Terrible. <laughs> All right, Justin, get us out of here because I want to go see Walking Dead. Justin Eacock hosting this wonderful episode of Call of Cthulhu, and I have been joined by the Affables. Mike, the Birdman Dodd from ThisWeekInGeek.net and BlusterThumbs.net. Brennan Fry from CG Magazine. Brie Poison, if you want to see me on the internet, it's Poison.com, which is P-O-I-S-O-N-N-E. And I'm Julian... I am too depressed to think of a nickname. <laughs> I need some whiskey. Spillane. I blew your head off. And blast processors. Front man of the blast oh, processors. Yeah, blast Come processors. On, about we, the stuff you I, do. I, yeah, I make video brave. games for a living, make and I also games. sing in a band that got a rock band that is on and off good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, I love you this guys. This is the terrible warriors. This is the terrible warriors. You, you're one fifth of my existence. Yay! So. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Follow us on Dice Warriors on Twitter to find out all our updates and stuff about what we're going to be doing in the new year. If you like nerdy things, follow me on Twitter. It's at Julian Spillane, um, and that's about it. That's the only way I'm going to pimp myself. <laughs> and uh, thank you again for joining us. We look forward to next time with the Bad Dog Theater D&D Live on the Terrible Warriors. Good night, everybody. Bye. You have just listened to These Warriors Are Terrible. Did our terrible warriors succeed in saving the day? Did someone do something completely insane and stun the GM into a stupefied silence for asking if their horse had a mustache? And lastly, did someone get punched squarely in the goodie bags? Also, are there any settings or RPG adventures you would like our terrible warriors to play next? Do you have your own awesome or insane stories of your own RPG conquest or failures? Comment on this episode post. Message us on Twitter at Dice Warriors or email us at feedback at thesewarriorsareterrible.com. Until next time, geeks and gamers, the dice has been put away, the books back on the shelf, and the Cheetos stuck to the floor. For these warriors are terrible.